All right, welcome back to another edition of the DabblerCast. The DabblerCast is the podcast of Dabbler Farm. I'm your host, John Larson. Um, Tonight, we're going to be talking about um, another one of our uh, values. I, I, uh, I decided to record the first few podcasts and kind of walk through what it is we're trying to accomplish at the farm and why we're trying to do it so anybody who's interested can figure out where we're coming from. So um, the next uh, value we want to talk about, and, and by the way, you can see these uh, values um, on our website. The website is dabblerfarm.org. And if you go to, up to the top menus to the about menu and find a little section that says dabbler values and it has them listed there. Um, our third value that we want to talk about uh, tonight is resilience. Um, and I think this is likely maybe one of the most important of the of the values, but really in, in a lot of ways the, the simplest. Um, I, um, I've been watching um, climate change well, really, my my whole life, when I went to high school in the in the late eighties and and early nineties, uh, we were already talking about issues of carbon emissions and um, the mechanisms of global warming through greenhouse glass, gas collection um, was becoming well understood, and uh, problems such as chlorofluorocarbons and the depletion of the ozone um, were were known. And scientists at the time said, you know, we've got about 30 years until things start becoming serious. And it has struck me again and again that it's been 30 years now, and things are indeed heating up, both metaphorically and um, actually. So um, um, climate change is really starting to come into focus. Uh, In reality, we don't know what is going to happen or what speed things happen. Uh, weather tends to be fairly cyclical, meaning there'll be um, periods, sometimes long periods of um, cooling and long periods of heating. And it is difficult indeed to tell um, if we are on an uptrend that uh, won't won't abate or if this is an uptrend that will um, change here shortly. Um, but we do know that there's elements that are not about to abate anytime soon, like the melting of um, ice and the ice caps and and other things. Uh, Climate change is a big, heavy, um, complicated subject, and I don't really want to try to pick it apart here. Um, But um, suffice it to say, um, the change is happening and things are coming into focus. And what that's doing is starting to get a better idea of how it's likely to impact us. Um, Here where I live um, in the Pacific Northwest in the summer of 2021, there was a heat wave that came and um, the valley saw temperatures of about 214 degrees. And um, I was uh, 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 investigating that uh, last week and uh, the scientists are now saying that was what was formerly would have been a one in 100,000 year event. But we no longer know if that's a one in 100,000 year event. At least that's what the historical data would have. I just use that example for, for our area and how things are Im- impacting. Um, the, the, we tend to have cooler temperatures and then it gets hot in the, in the summer. But you know, at 114, um, it starts to kill crops. And you start having um, problems with things that are traditionally grown. So that's an area where we're already having to deal with with um, um, climate change. 
So we're seeing what we're seeing is is wide temperature swings, um, where actually the highs and lows are both getting um, pushed. We're seeing more intense storms in terms in terms of both wind speed and the amount of rain that's being dropped. Um, we see elements like these polar vortexes, atmospheric rivers, and just a general shifting of of the intensity and um, and location of storms. Um, I was reading a couple of weeks ago and the sort of map, the probability map of where hurricanes hit in the United States has expanded. So states that um, formerly would only see uh, uh, hurricanes, well, I mean, tornadoes, actually, what I'm talking about. But the same thing goes with hurricanes. Um, uh, states that would only see tornadoes rarely are seeing them at a more frequent basis. So those are the things that are that are starting to happen. And I don't mean to be cynical about the whole thing, but um, having, you know, read and, and watched and seen what's coming and uh, at least what the scientists are predicting and the general populace attitude about it, even people who are, are believe completely in climate change, um, but just don't know what to do are really not altering their lives. I look around me and I'm surrounded by um, people who are liberal thinkers but it's a rare person that is actually starting to cut back their air travel. You know, they're still planning the same vacations and the same things as before. So even though we know that impact is coming, we're not as likely to make the changes. And, and I get it uh, because the, the amount of the, the scope of the problem is so big, it feels very frustrating to try to make changes on your own. And, you know, I don't personally see much value in getting involved in letter writing or um, campaigns. That's my choice. I don't fault those who do. I admire people who do. But I think the better angle is to build resilience. And um, that is a core value of the farm. Um, resilience means building a bulwark as much as we can against the changes that are coming and adopting our, adapting our lifestyles to fit the climate and the environment we find ourselves in. It's really, from a historical perspective, kind of a, a no-brainer, um, meaning that the, the nomadic tribes and peoples of the earth would always have to deal with the climate. It's only been in the last uh, few hundred years that we've been able to insulate ourselves from the outside and not pay any attention to this rise and fall of the sun or the rise and fall of seasons. It's always 72 degrees inside. Um, everything is, is lit artificially. And, you know, we, we, we live in these glass houses that protect us from, from all of that. So it became less of a concern where our ancestors didn't really have that option. And I think for resilience, part of it is just turning back and looking at ways we used to deal with these things. Um, here at Dabbler Farm, I want to talk a little about some of the things that we're doing. Um, first of all, um, we're, we're, like others, trying to harden our homes. Um, we do not have a, um, a home-wide air conditioner, nor do we plan on getting one. Um, they're very um, resource-intensive. We do have some little small um, um, air conditioners, uh, um, small units. I have one that is in the bedroom and one that is in the office because I work from home. But um, we've done things like um, return to using thermal drapes and um, building shades above our windows. We have planted plants around creating kind of a, a shade zone around the house that we're cultivating that will really come into fruition in the next five to ten years. 
Um, we are looking in the long run about moving to solar and moving to heat pumps and, um, you know, things like that. But those take us uh, saving money and, um, and um, you know, budgeting our, budgeting our resources. Um, but we do constantly look for passive or low energy solutions to some of the problems. Uh, we have a small tractor that we're using to kind of shape the landscape. And that's part of resilience as we know and we expect we'll get bigger, heavier rainfalls in shorter amount of time. So, um, you know, digging um, drainage ditches, um, having catch basins, um, um, creating uh, retaining walls to um, keep the soil from slumping, making sure to move uh, water away from the house. These are the kind of things that, that, that we're actively engaged in. Uh, we continue to investigate in, in our food and, and um, taking care of our basic needs, almost like a hobby. It's, it's more, more fun than anything else. Uh, you know, we like to oftentimes pull something apart and see if we can see how it was done um, in olden days, um, you know, like making uh, candles from tallow or, um, um, you know, making our own soap or, or making your own mayonnaise. And a lot of times um, it's, it's good and, and, and can be really uh, educational to learn how things were done and how things are put together. And some of them we keep doing because we prefer. Others we say, got it. And uh, we'll still just go buy the one from the store because that's the one that makes the most sense for us. So there's a continual um, um, research on that. One of the things um, we have done uh, in part to reduce greatly the amount of um, post-consumer waste that we create is we've moved almost entirely to buying things in bulk, um, which has um, so drastically reduced the amount of trash that we produce. Matter of fact, we called up the um, waste disposal company a couple weeks ago and had them um, um, changes from a big can to just a, a small can um, because we're just not producing that much waste anymore and we try to recycle as much as we can um, you know any boxes that we get um, will be used basically as uh, mulch so um, if it doesn't have plastic and we can recycle it we recycle it um, I think another way we pursue re resilience here is having adequate provisions and I'm not talking about any kind of weird, crazy prepper things. I think um, um, FEMA has recommendations. The Red Cross has recommendations. Almost no matter where you live in the United States, you're probably under threat of being evacuated for something. Um, in some places, it's flood. Some places, a hurricane. Some places, it might be tornado. Uh, fires um, would most likely cause us an evacuation. There's risk of earthquake. And... Um, there's also, what I've seen is, is quite often there will be um, a lack of services like, um, you know, no electricity because systems are getting taxed harder. So, so oftentimes during the winter or during the hottest part of the summer, you'll start having rolling blackouts and things like that. So I think it's just um, practical to consider that and say, okay, in the hottest part of the summer, what are we going to do if we don't have any electricity for a week? How do we cool ourselves down? How do we cool our pets? How do we cool our animals? Um, and, you know, saying something like, well, if the grocery stores were to get out of stock like they did in COVID, you know, how long can we um, can we stretch it out without having to run to the grocery store every two or three days? And I think that's just provident living. I think those are, 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 are ways to build resilience without having to go um, um, nuts. 
Also, um, you know, part of the experiment here is um, to produce our food in yearly cycles. So uh, something we'll talk about more. But, you know, um, if you're at, you harvest your apple tree in the beginning of October, you want to pace those apples so that they last until um, until um, um, the next October, really. So so you eat fresh apples for a while. And, and we just barely finished off the last of our fresh apples um, coming out of the fridge. Um, and then you, you move to uh, dehydrated or, or, or frozen or canned or, or however you've, you've preserved them. So um, that is a real um, challenge for us as we try to um, make our food um, last for a year and figuring out when things are in season, when things should actually be. And then in general, I think we continue to try to question all of our use of fossil fuels. And we still use a lot. We still have um, machinery, you know, wood chippers, um, um, tractors, lawnmowers, uh, cars that get us to work, the truck we use to get um, supplies for the, for the farm. Uh, you know, they're also using fossil fuels. But the, the question is out there and as we look and say, what is a reasonable way for us to move away from this and be less dependent on, on oil in the future? So I, I think that's a kind of an overview of our value of resilience. Uh, basically, we really can't change um, the world as individuals. Um, we can only change our little corner of it. And the best thing we can do is to try to understand as best we can what's coming and to alter our lifestyle as much as we can to fit what the climate has in store for us, what society has in store for us, what changes are coming. And then um, when you mix that with some of the other values we've already talked about, like a, a life or um, trying to live and focus on um, timeframes a lot longer than our own, then you can start um, saying, okay, well, how do, not we, how do we not just build resilience, but how do we build resilience in the farm that can last centuries? And those become really interesting and fun questions to play around with. Well, thanks again for um, listening to this uh, little podcast. Um, um, you can um, find out what's going on at dabblerfarm.org. Um, you can check it out and see um, what's coming and what's going. And, um, and uh, you can contact us there by um, looking at the contact page. We'd love to hear back from you. Thanks.